Sports.com. We will hear from TC. And the same number that TC used, 916-339-1140, is the same number you will use in an hour to win tickets to see the Jacksons and Sister Sledge thanks to Thunder Valley Casino Resort. That is March 30th, and that all happens for you at 1 p.m. I got to say, Alan, that was a sick transition you just dropped. Oh, thank you. I think people need to respect that you just did that, and oh, I appreciate thank, that. Thank, thanks, I appreciate you, Nate. Let's hear from TC and what he's got to say about those Kings. What's up, TC? What you got for us? What's up, my two guys, man, Chris and uh, Styles. Man, last night was pretty rough, man. Man, you know what? It was it was pretty rough. But you know what, though, Styles? Chris, man, look, check it out. Right now, the Kings, what they need to focus on right now as a team and as a unit, as a coaching staff and as an organization, Don't we're not talking about who we should play. Oh, I'm not trying to play this person, this However we get in, man, mm-hmm. we, we trying to shoot for the fifth or sixth seed. You're not going to jump into the top four. That's just reality. But right now we're shooting for that fifth or sixth seed. If we can't get the fifth or sixth seed and we got to go to a play-in, we, we're not afraid of anybody. Don't go into a uh, don't go into this playoff thinking, wait, I don't want to play this person. I don't want to play that because that's what this team has been doing all season. It has got us nowhere. Like, hey, we could just show up, shoot a bunch of threes, and we can beat people. It's not going to work that way, bro. We can't even counter off that. Like, we don't even have a counter. We're like a live by the three, die by the three team. I always call and talk to you guys about that, and I don't know why Mike can't see that. I understand the free flow offense, but sometimes it doesn't make any sense to me because I'm like, if the shots aren't falling, why aren't we cutting? Why aren't we like, what's the counter off of that? It seems like if we're shooting, like at a high rate and the threes are falling, everybody's flying up and down the court, shooting threes and making it, we're a fun team, everybody's happy. But when it's not falling, bro, it's like everybody is continuously shooting threes, shooting threes, and then we end up losing the game like we did last night when that was a winnable game. But don't go into this playoffs afraid of anybody. If we get in on a plan, we got to get in as a plan, and let's make some noise, bro. Seriously, that's all I got. Thanks for the call, TC. Yeah, and obviously the Kings, they're not going to say out loud, we don't want to face this team or that team. It is a good note on the free flow offense because we do have some sound from Coach Mike Brown on the Keegan situation. So I don't know how you viewed this, Chris, but there was some back and forth with people because Keegan was on a heater, and in the second half he didn't really get the ball. Things got kind of got out of hand at the same time, but people were people were upset at either Keegan's lack of aggressiveness and or the fact that nobody's feeding Keegan the ball. I've sure. joked about Chris Duarte just chucking <laughs> right after. But that, if you if yeah. you talk to Coach Mike Brown, he's not going to say, yeah, we need to get him the ball. We've asked about Harrison Barnes, and yep. he says it all happens within that free flow offense. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, it's definitely interesting just kind of to to figure out the balance of, of you know, the free flow offense and – how how do you you know work in when somebody's feeling it like do you, is it okay to get out of your free flow to just kind of try and funnel things through a specific player because uh, they have it going in that moment I think it's uh, they do it with De'Aaron in the fourth yeah they do that's really the only time in which it feels like they're just hyper feeding somebody or just like saying the the ball's in your hands and mm-hmm. wherever it goes from there is is uh, is is on you. 
they definitely do it with De'Aaron in the fourth, and uh, it worked last year. I thought it was a risky way of living. I, I think that uh, they could definitely be better at it, at, at just attacking mismatches in general. That's how playoff basketball is supposed to be played. Um, but, you know, I think it's part of the development process of this team. I, I think it's it's definitely something they need to address. But at the same time, if that's what your offense is, if your offense is equal opportunity – uh, it's on everybody else to step up because it, it makes it hard for other teams to lock in on Keegan if, okay, Keegan's doing great, you can double Keegan. That just means now Kevin Herter should be open, and exactly. Kevin Herter needs to be able to capitalize, or HB needs to be able to capitalize. So I think really the bigger problem is when Keegan's hot, it's that nobody else is taking advantage of it. And I think that's really where they fail because, you know, you, you can only feed somebody so much, and Keegan's game isn't really that that you can just – give him the ball clear out and say, all right, man, take your guy one-on-one. Everything would kind of need to be set up for him. Yeah, that's fair. I, Especially in a game without De'Aaron, I think that's why maybe people were saying, we need that other sure. score to do his thing, but need a he's not – Keegan isn't cr- a creator yet. Yes, exactly. He, he, I'll tell you this, though. We're about to hear from Coach Mike Brown right now. Me and you, we were going back and forth mm-hmm. about Keegan finishing – He's Can the you worst give me something? Well, last night he he had some moves at the bucket, Chris. He dunked. He had that. No, dunk. he had a couple layups too. Yeah, he had a nice little scoop layup. No, that he had two of them. I remember I was counting because I couldn't remember to tell you. Yeah. I couldn't forget to tell you yeah. today. So he's getting there. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, he's he's finishing like yet. how somebody should finish in the NBA. Let's We're getting there. We're getting let's there. hear from Coach Mike Brown on Keegan's aggressiveness. Yeah, you know, I, I've had. And I will continue to have conversation with Keegan. We want Keegan to be aggressive uh, uh, because we, we feel like his development is necessary for us to continue our climb as a team. And um, uh, so not just because of tonight, but you know, going forward, uh, I'm always going to tell him, hey, be aggressive. Uh, just because this guy's in the game or that guy's in the game, uh, you go ahead and you take the lead. And if you see any opportunity to take advantage of the defense or your defender, uh, we're all for it. It's never going to be, yeah, we probably should have gotten. I, I rarely, I think maybe once or twice I've heard him say, yeah, we probably should have gotten X player the ball more. You yeah. just don't hear it. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think uh, – I mean, I do think that a big problem for it is besides De'Aaron and Malik, like you, you mentioned shot creators, like who like you can't you can't just feed Keegan. Keegan's not Paul George. He doesn't have a handle on him where he can, you know, create space and then and then pull up from three. We've seen that he has that nice little uh drive and, and step back move where he'll go between the legs and then pop back out to the three. That's really like the best space creating move that he has. He he just doesn't have that deep of a bag, if you will. And uh, I think that's kind of where this team struggles too. Is besides De'Aaron and Malik, you j- you just can't really feed anybody. Like if Kevin Herter or Keegan is is on fire from the perimeter, really the only plays you can run for them are plays in which they're coming off of screens and getting open that way. They're not really your traditional. ISO guys. And so, you know, I think it's always going to be tough until they pick up another guy who has that, that you can just say, you're on fire. Let's feed him. Like you're going to have to figure out, you know, how you can run plays, how you can maybe run some sets that get those guys open. But I just don't think in the traditional sense, you can just say, let's give Keegan the ball more. Yeah. It's easy to, to say that when you're just watching and thinking, where is Keegan gone? 
but everybody is essentially trying to get going because everybody's right. just trying to make up for the lack of offense with De'Aaron Fox out of the game. Unfortunately, it was not enough last night, and we're going to slowly but surely start to turn the page here to tomorrow's contest oh against the Minnesota Timberwolves, who the Timberwolves have they, – they've it feels like they've been in a gauntlet lately with who they've had to face, and sure. they, they've been in a lot of tough games. It looked like Anthony Edwards was going to be out. And, you know, he, he was writhing in pain, and he ended up coming back sure in the ball game. Who they have coming up, you have the Kings tomorrow, of course. And then after that, they host – here we go here we go again. They host the Clippers. It's just a round robin <laughs> yep. of all these teams. And, and then they play the Blazers, and then they go to Indiana. Man, can we check Man. in on Indiana? Indiana's Indy got a rough West, go. What's happening? They're, they are going. They are in the seventh seed right now, Tyrese Halliburton on his sixth birthday today. They are the sixth seed, and they are dealing with some tough teams. After that, the Timberwolves head to Cleveland to take on the Cavs, mm-hmm. okay. head to L.A. to take on the Lakers, and then head to L.A., or they stay in L.A. to take on the Clippers. So all of these teams, and that's why I think the strength of schedule for the Kings, not that it matters anymore, right. fell down to 11th. Mm-hmm. That's oh, where they're at right now. Yeah, And yeah. all that doesn't the, – the strength of schedule thing, too, I, I've figured it – or realized something last night that that was only taking into account, like, winning percentage. But it doesn't take into account – you know, uh, when Jake was talking yesterday about the Nuggets, they don't have a back-to-back the rest of the year. This mm-hmm. was their last, or I think either to- last night was their last back-to-back or tonight is the completion of the back-to-back. But it doesn't factor in things like that, how many home games you have left. So, you know, I, I, there's probably some strength of schedule metric out there that takes all of that into account. But, um, yeah, I mean, when you hear uh, X team has this strength of schedule, it really doesn't paint the full picture and so that's the thing that I've realized here recently is that even though it says uh, I think like the Nuggets had one of the easiest schedules it doesn't really factor in all of the things that go into it so you know the Kings do have the 11th toughest schedule but what they have 16 17 more home games left of those 24 and so you know that's it's going to be against tough opponents, but at least at the very least, you know you're chilling at the crib. So th- yeah. there's that too. Yeah, the Kings have moved up to ninth in toughest schedule. Mm, so okay. Phoenix is still at number one, <laughs> and after that, the Lakers are at number seven. But to your point, a ton of those games, as we just checked, yeah, are at home. After that, not that it really matters. The T Wolves are at eight. The Clippers are at eleven. And if you're wondering why aren't you saying any other teams that are in the play-in playoff battle, that's because they're all beneath the those teams, including the Kings, in strength of schedule. You have Dallas at 18. Wow. Dallas is at 18 Jeez. as far as strength of schedule. So that's they not have, good. They have a, an easier Kings, schedule for sure. Yeah. Golden State's at 24. <laughs> yeah, so that's not – But no Wiggins. With, with no Wiggins, though. With no Wiggins, though, and you have New Orleans at 14. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it almost kind of balances out, it sounds. It sounds like what we have here is the best team might end up just just winning it out. It might not have anything to do with schedule, might not have anything to do with, uh, you know, rest advantages or anything like that. Sounds to me like everybody has a pretty difficult stretch in front of them with some good teams and probably some bad teams that they should win. 
And when everything is as close as it is, you know, literally like the seven, you know, besides the Kings, the seven, five, six, and seven are all separated by a half game. Whoever is the best of those teams, I think, is just going to naturally rise to the top. And, uh, you know, again, we the king, the door is not closed on the Kings. It's just it feels like they are putting themselves, I mean, quite literally behind the eight ball here as they are the eight seed. Um, they're putting themselves in the toughest situation. And uh, frankly, I mean, they're they're the team that I think just about everybody would say they trust the least of all of those teams. Yeah, it's the lack of quote-unquote star power, right? Yes, and the exactly. Western Conference is loaded with stars up and down from the one seed all the way down to the 10th seed. When we return, Andrew Wiggins takes second leave of absence. How would you feel if somebody on the Kings did this? Where is the line for someone just being a human versus a player making a lot of money and in the public eye. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Sacktown Sports. Check us out on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and subscribe. It's it's not Groundhog Day, but it is the second time in two consecutive seasons where Andrew Wiggins is taking a leave of absence. There was a lot of rumors circulating last season about Andrew Wiggins' personal life. Also heard about his father being ill. Some people would say, hey, who cares? It's none of our business. But Andrew Wiggins is taking his second leave of absence. It start, I guess it started two games ago, I believe, for the, for the Warriors. And to me, Chris, it just doesn't happen a lot. It's just a unique situation. Can you think of any other situation where a player has stepped away for unknown reasons and then did it again? Uh, definitely not twice for sure. Um, no, I mean, I, I can't think of, I can't think of any example like this. I mean, no, I mean, I, I'm even trying to think if, you know, Antonio Brown comes to mind, but uh, you know, I think that that was obviously a whole different kind of situation. Um it's it's incredibly rare, especially I mean in basketball, it just it does not happen in the middle of the season, or, or especially down the stretch run here in both seasons. Like last year, he missed this same stretch of games, mm-hmm. um, presumably for a similar reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we don't know. It's weird. It it's really really weird. It's really strange. Um, I think it's it's interesting to me that the Warriors uh, both times have have really just been unwavering in their support of him and, and him stepping away, which says like, there's gotta be a certain degree of, of, uh, of seriousness to, to what, what's going on, because you would have to think that if this wasn't this big of a, or that big of a deal, there would be some pushback and say, you know, can you give us 10 gate? Like, can you give us a time frame? Like this is now both times has just been completely, However much time you need, it could literally, I mean, last year, I don't think he played a game. I think his first game was the playoff series back. Something like that, yeah. So he had missed like 40 games last year and just came back, uh, 
pretty willy nilly and uh, picked up like like he never left. Um, it's it's really really weird, and uh, that's why you know I just I think until there is any even like a shred of information, I just think people are going to speculate just like they did last year, and you know we've referenced it, but things got pretty pretty out there in terms of speculation last year, and and you know I I that's that's what people are going to do, so I can't really blame uh, the 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 people or the fans for for trying to figure out and coming to some some wild conclusions. And I don't know. I, we still don't know if those conclusions are true or not. But, man, I mean, the things that were being thrown out there made a lot of sense for somebody missing 40 games and having there be no question. I just don't know. I, I don't think it happened again. So I, I don't know what the situation uh, actually is. Maybe it truly was his father's health last year. Maybe his father's health has, has since declined yeah, I have here no, recently. I have but no I think, clue. yeah, we just we just don't know. But it's a strange situation for an organization uh, in back-to-back years to essentially say, yeah, go ahead, take your time, leave of absence. I don't care that we're in the middle of a playoff hunt. I don't care that, you know, right now the Warriors are the 10 seed and they're not really at risk at falling to 11, but at the same time, they're playing their best basketball right now. Not that Wiggins was a huge part of that, but they're playing their best basketball right now. I wouldn't want anything kind of thrown in the mix there. Yeah, and obviously we're not checking in on what they're doing every single day, but this was a guy who was starting to show some yeah. signs of life just as well as the whole team, and he was a big part of that. Like like we mentioned earlier, getting that new contract, which a lot of people thought was a steal because he had balled out so much yep. in the finals and there was rumblings about him being finals MVP the way yep. he locked up Jason Tatum, and and people thought, wow, the Warriors have finally unlocked Andrew Wiggins. This is completely different than his play, but he dealt with injuries last season before the whole situation. So from what at first felt like a steal, now it seems like another bad contract for the Warriors. Let's hear from Steve Kerr, who's on the Warriors' flagship station, kind of giving everybody the news. I I just think that you know we we we're in a position where um, you know Wiggs has uh, is a private person um, and so he's uh, asked to to keep it private and we're going to honor that so you know it doesn't help for me to sit here and try to explain any of that the bottom line is um, you know we respect Wiggs we need him um, and we fully expect him back but we just don't know when what that will be. How can so? Do we think that the Warriors know what it is? Because that's almost sounding like we respect Wiggins' privacy. We don't need to know. We just last season. I think they knew. Okay. I don't know if they know this season. I think they know because Steve Kerr was like, "It doesn't help when I'm on here trying to not explain to you guys or whatever he put it." I think they know. Mm -hmm. The implication is that they know they're not trying to share. The other thing is, if it is different. They've already set the line as far as, hey, we won't tell stuff you don't want us to tell. Yeah. So, again, this is all speculation because we don't know. This could be something not as serious as last season. Right. But because they've already set the line at we won't tell, Wiggins is saying, I'm dipping into that again. Yeah. I'm a private person. Can you not tell again? When it might not be that serious, but it right. also has to be kind of serious yes. for the Warriors to be okay with him yeah. missing I that time. What you're saying. Yeah, it, it's really, really confusing. And, uh, yeah, I mean – and I, you know, I, I guess this is an example of the Warriors being a, a top-notch organization. I, I, I would suppose, like the fact that they are allowing 
uh, their player to take some time away, like with, I mean, without, you know, public explanation. I think that speaks to uh, the fact that, you know, it's a cliche here, but it's, it's bigger than basketball. It's not just about uh, winning games. And even though these games are incredibly important and they definitely want them there, like, their understanding that, you know, his mental health or, or whatever is, is, is coming first. Um, it's just really interesting because you would think that, you know, there is, it, it's just tough when you don't know, because there is a very fair critique, I guess, of, look, I, I understand like, there's no way Andrew Wiggins is the only human in the NBA who has stuff going on. This is the season. This is the only, like you have a whole summer off mm-hmm. This is now two years in a row that you've taken a very major stretch of the season off when, like you said, I mean, again, if we want to be fair or real about the situation, you just got a massive contract here and your team needs you to to provide some some help for them. Um, I think it's a fair question. It's just tough because of us not knowing exactly the specifics of the situation. You don't want to sound insensitive, but I think it is fair to say, like, what – what is so bad that that you, this cannot wait until the end of the season? And I feel terrible asking that, but I think it has to be asked. Yeah, and I'm not even taking it to the fans' perspective, just from an organization perspective. We paid you this money, and this is the second year now. They would have preferred – this is money time. Yeah, They would have preferred yes. – not that you're picking no, when this stuff happens. I, yep. Do it at the beginning. Yep. Whatever is yep. happening, you want to miss time at the beginning, cool. Yeah. This is when we need you. Yeah. And we don't know what it is, so we don't want to sound insensitive. Yeah, that's but tough I don't know what that line is. The Warriors essentially set that line last season, and now they're dealing with the repercussions. Yeah, it, it's really strange. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, all the Warriors can do, I guess, is, is just kind of power through it. But it, it's like you're, you're just you're – just, I mean, he might as well be hurt. Like, you're just, you're just losing a guy, and, and you're not getting anything back, and – you need guys to step up, and the Warriors are already in a, a really tough situation. So, um, I mean, it, it must be serious. It seriously must it be very, be. very serious because there's no way if it were, you know, on the emergency scale of 1 to 10, like if this is a 6.5 or a 7, I would just would believe that the Warriors would, would really try and exhaust every option before going back to this one. So, uh, I hope everything's great with, with Wiggins or as good as it can be in his situation, but – um, this is where it kind of becomes tough uh, in sports because they're, you know, they're, they're, it, it is, it is different than every other workplace. Like, you know, if, if you're, you have a family member sick here on the airwaves, it's all right. We can, we can find somebody to, to let you deal with your mm-hmm. situation. But, you know, this is a million, possibly a billion dollar uh, uh, thing that you're working within. Like there's, there's certain things that, that are asked of you that aren't asked of other people. And some of that is, you got like Isaiah Thomas. Like, remember, it yeah. played the day after his sister right. gets killed in a car wreck. Like, I don't think he wanted to play the next game. Not saying Wigan, everyone has to be like that, but um, I'm just saying there's there's some situations in which you're asked to do things that aren't fair and aren't asked of people in other positions. And I just think that's that's kind of the reality of the situation. And that's why t- talking about this is 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 kind of tough. It is. You don't know what's going on, but what we do know is that you have a guy in Moses Moody who's been looking for opportunities now, and he bought out last game and helped get them the W, and he's thinking, at this point in my career, here's where the the Warriors are stuck, because at this point in my career, I'm balling out so somebody else can see me, so the Kings can see me, so somebody can see me. 
because the Warriors are not unless they're going to just try to pay. I don't with the luxury tax. You know they're in luxury tax in a terrible spot yeah. because the Warriors had a chance to move Andrew Wiggins this this trade yeah, deadline, deadline. They didn't. Right. Nobody is going to touch that contract now. That's a great point. Nobody. Right. So you're stuck with Andrew Wiggins yeah. and Moses Moody and his. They something already came out last towards the end of last season. He's going to say. I need to play. Yes. And I, you know, respectfully to the Andrew Wiggins situation, I only get called on right. when Andrew Wiggins does, you know, isn't able to go. And and now it's costing me money because it's costing me my development. Yep. It's costing me my, my pockets, yep. right, as far as the amount of money I can make and what other teams are seeing of me. So now the Warriors are a bit stuck. Yep. And that's what happens. You know, you you want to do the right thing, and sometimes it works out for you. Sometimes it doesn't. When we get back, we switch over to some football talk. Zach Wilson, could he, would he, should he go to the Niners? We also have some clips and some highlights from Mike Silver's article as far as the Niners and what they may or may not do in the offseason. Sals and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. Sacktown Sports. Call or text at 916-339-1140. From the 916, the legal system differentiates between a public figure, figure and a private individual. Wiggs is by all definitions a public figure and should not expect the same level of privacy as a private individual. We don't need the gory details, of course, but some explanation is fair for the fans and public to expect. That's interesting, and obviously we're, we're not, we can't fact-check this yeah. live right now, but I'll take your word for it, 916, because what is that level? What, what is that level? Not to say, is it a Wikipedia? Is that the level? I'm, am I a public figure? Are you a public figure? What is that level? I mean, I would definitely say an NBA player is a public figure. Is there something in their contract that, hey, now this person, where is that line? Especially now with YouTube. Sure. Or a streamer. Sure. That's a public figure. I would say so. It's just Is it just expectations if you have a fan base? Is that what it is? I think if you have a certain audience or like a certain reach of audience, you're then considered a public figure like I think I mean I think look if you look at Instagram bios public figure is a very yes uh wide term and uh can can cast a wide net but um I do think that that there is a I think there's something there for sure because you know again it's not like we need every single ounce of detail from the situation but if it is you know again the, there were rumors that last year was his his father's health just saying He's having family health issue or health, you know, whatever difficulty with, with his family. Yeah, that even. one was like, weird because, no, no offense, but if that were the case, why didn't you say it? Why, top, why not right? just say it from the top? Because he's a private guy. He's a really private person. I, I don't know. I really don't have a good answer because to me, I mean, you know, I mean, Dave's out here sharing his 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 public health information, yeah, that's and true. so I think uh, I think it's just some people are more acceptable accepted. More people accept, some people accept mm-hmm. uh, their stuff being out there more so than others. And uh, I guess Wiggins is just a hyper private person. But I, I personally, I mean, just to the fan base, I think um, 
you know, and it gets a little, I think, I don't think athletes would love it, but I do think it's the reality of the situation. Like you don't make your money without the fans buying jerseys, buying tickets to the game. You're not a public figure if it's not for them. And so, you know, I do think fans are entitled to a little bit of information, like just completely going, you know, locking everything down and acting like you guys are the Pentagon is that's a bit much for me. And, you know, again, I think Wiggins deserves some privacy, but just letting the people who, who support the team and allow him to do what he loves to do. I think there is a, maybe it's a respect or something. I think that there's something there uh, that fans are entitled to something there. And to be honest with you, we don't know. We don't, completely know what it was last season but you could also make the argument that it has affected Andrew Wiggins going into this season because he was not good right he was not good to start this season they got benched and he got unbenched and he got benched again then he got injured and now he's got this thing going on so literally as soon as he signed that contract he started destroying the value of himself as a player yeah and and whatever that contract was viewed as because the guy that they thought they were getting they're not getting him and sometimes they're not yeah. getting anyone cuz yeah. he's not playing. No, and I thought you brought up a great point. I didn't even it didn't even cross my mind, but you're right. Like no one's going to want to touch that contract. No. Though. Like they had an opportunity to move on from him at the deadline and how could you like it's almost like Ben Simmons where it's like how do you value somebody that I mean realistically it's not out of the question to ask the Warriors okay, if I'm training for Andrew Wiggins, how do What's I know he's on? not going to ask yeah. us to do the same thing? Is and that settled? I don't want to be as as compliant as you are. Like, you're you're totally allowing him to, to sit because whatever the reason is, you view it as a justifiable reason. Well, if I'm the Dallas Mavericks and I only have two till 2026 to make Luka happy and I'm trading for Wiggins – I can't afford Andrew Wiggins. I don't care what's going on. Like that's how the Mavericks are going to view that situation. So I, maybe it I think already happened though. Might have. Maybe yeah. that's maybe that's why nothing got done. And I'm and I'm telling you right now, yeah. we had that conversation. And I think if I remember correctly, I was on this side too because we thought it had been resolved. Andrew Wiggins could be in Sacramento right now. He could have been, yeah. He could have been Very in Sacramento yeah. right now. Yeah. Maybe if HB didn't have the week he had there, the revenge Literally. Tour. Yeah. Literally. Everybody said he's younger, yeah. better contract. Warrior fans were starting to convince themselves HB might be a good fit. Because you go HB and somebody else with, you know, Davion, whoever. Right. And now you have now you have Andrew Wiggins yeah. and this could have happened. Yeah. Right now, too. Imagine right now. Right now. De'Aaron injured. Yeah. And and Andrew Wiggins yeah. not playing either. And I just I'm sorry, I couldn't imagine Kings fans just being okay with no reason out there. Like I think the the original question you asked was, you know, if this was different teams or if this was your team, how would you feel? You know, Kings fans freak out over everything. I mean, there was controversy when De'Aaron Fox's uh had had his kid last year because he missed a couple games. Some fans freaked out and added, you know, Rasay and added De'Aaron and said, How do you not plan your baby better? Things like that. Well, like, that's insane. It it was insane. It was absolutely insane. And I say that to say, I guarantee those same people, which I'm sure there's a portion of Warrior fans as well, but I think it would be very loud, people, Kings fans wondering, hold on, wait. We just traded for this guy, and this is the most important stretch of the season, and he's he's just sitting out, and we're all just supposed to say, okay, yeah, cool, cool, I get it, I get it. Like, 
that's I think there will be some people who are okay with that, but I, I think rightfully so. There will be a lot of people who say that doesn't quite make sense to me. I would not be surprised if you know these teams do their homework. I would not be surprised if some of these teams, if it's the same thing, because yeah. we don't know. I would not be surprised if teams asked about, hey, what was that last season? Is it resolved? Is it the same? And thing? when they yeah. did not get the answer they were hoping for, talk stalled. Yeah, because I, I, if you were. This was around the time, if I'm not mistaken, Wiggins was not starting, Mm -hmm. right? And that's why they were thinking to move him. We're sitting here thinking that, oh, the Warriors decided they didn't want to move Wiggins. Maybe it was teams saying, I didn't like what I heard back from the Warriors. We can't touch it. And all those teams are thinking they're lucky stars right now. And you know the teams know, too. They have to know. Like, I mean, NBA circles, they talk. They know something. It does not reach the public, but, you know, internally – People have a weird way of finding things out. I mean, yeah, we 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 hear about things that you know aren't even very big in the grand scheme of things. And so, I guarantee, if you if you're involved in an organization, you probably know what's going on. And uh, yeah, it definitely would not surprise me if if some teams heard back and and uh, pretty much were like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not touching that. I think it's a, a really uh, interesting situation that the Warriors are found themselves in. Because yeah, I mean, in a way, it sounds like. Uh, they've they tried to get away from Jordan Poole being locked into those years of Jordan Poole, and mm-hmm. kind of seems like to me Andrew Wiggins averaging twelve points a game this season. They they might be stuck with Wiggins too for for the duration of his contract. Well, at, at, or they yeah I don't I don't know how it if they would ever get to the point of cutting or or anything like that. So right now he is in he signed a four year deal, and right now he is. He is making twenty four point three million, mm. and he has Ooh. a player option okay. in 2026-2027. So they're stuck. They're stuck for the next three years. Then he has a player option, and it goes up to thirty million Ooh. in twenty twenty seven. And then Breaking after news, that, Andrew Wiggins is opting in to that player. Option. I get. I Breaking would imagine he opts into that. And then after that he would become an unrestricted free agent at the age of 32. My goodness. So he's not going anywhere. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. That sounds like a post-Steph even. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's, uh, that's a really, really long time. And, uh, you know, the Warriors are – it's going to be an interesting situation because if it is like last year where, where Wiggins comes back right around playoff time, like I don't know if they're – I mean, they still need Andrew Wiggins, sure, but with Kaminga taking the step up he did – Andrew Wiggins is not going to come back and and find himself in the same role. Like yeah. if you're the Warriors, you can't realistically rely on him no. really anymore. Like if if this is now two years in a row and you're starting to see your young guys develop uh, with him being out, like you, you can't just say, "Hey, there's going to be a spot waiting for you when you come back," uh, like it was last year because you know the the team is is different than it was last year. They they can play Kaminga for 40 minutes and probably be fine. Mm. Coming up next. Niners talk. You want Zach Wilson to back up Brock Purdy? Also, the Athletic says that's probably not happening. And we discuss the combine, what to look out for out there in Indy. Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports.
and local. Live and local. This is Sacktown Sports. Could the Niners be looking to bring in Zach Wilson as their backup quarterback? Of course, as we know, Sam Darnold backed up Brock Purdy last year after uh, Trey Lance was shipped off. In got some minutes, too, Sam did. He got some, right? Got he some he eventually did. He got, yeah. uh, you know... Some looked, some stints looked better than others. Uh, Sam is is uh, Sam and Brandon Allen. Sam Darnold and Brandon Allen are both now free agents uh, heading into this off season. And the Athletic wrote today. Uh, there's been a lot of of smoke uh, behind Zach Wilson. Will uh, he land somewhere else? Uh, the odds say, if you look at it, the field. 25%. Uh, the field slash stays with Jets is 25%. Odds that Zach Wilson lands with the Los Angeles Rams at 22%. And then at sitting at number three at a 14% odds, the San Francisco 49ers. So the third highest odds uh, for for the uh, for Zach Wilson's landing spot is uh, San Francisco, Santa Clara, uh, Zach Wilson, for those uh, who are not familiar with his three NFL seasons so far, 23 touchdowns, 25 interceptions, a 57% completion rating, 73.2 quarterback rating. His EPA per dropback is uh, minus uh, 0.19, which ranks 44th of 47 eligible quarterbacks since 2021. Allen, I ask you. Mm-hmm. Does Zach Wilson, does that feel like a Sam Darnold as a backup? Is that a similar move or is that just completely, uh, completely different and uh, Zach is is not the right guy? If Brock Purdy were to go down, and obviously we hope that doesn't happen, we all felt like Sam Darnold might be able to keep this yes. thing afloat. Right. I don't know that. I just haven't seen enough yeah. from Zach Wilson. And I'm not trolling. I just don't understand how Zach Wilson is any higher up the totem pole than Trey Lance. I truly don't know. I think you're right. Right. I don't know. <laughs> he just has. We've just seen him more than Trey. Like, I, I, I would personally believe I would rather run out Trey Lance and see mm. what he's got versus. I'm pretty sure I know what Zach Wilson is. Yes. And it's not good. Um, I get the logic, I guess, is that, you know, it, Sam Darnold in a way was kind of a reclamation project mm-hmm. and you feel like you can do a similar thing with Zach Wilson where, you know, there's some tools there that maybe, you know, Kyle likes to be the smartest guy in the room. Maybe he f- just feels like I can turn this guy into something usable, but you said it there. Like, I, I think the the risk just is not there because if Brock goes down and then, this Zach Wilson developmental experiment Mm -hmm. becomes, oh no, Zach Wilson has to save our potential Super Bowl season. Mm -hmm. You don't want that. You do not want that. And I just don't think that's going to work. I don't think you would feel to your point. I just don't think you would feel the same level of confidence that you felt in that confidence definitely was wavering at points uh, that you felt with Sam Darnold. If you look around the NFL to other other franchise QBs. Normally the situation is they have a veteran behind them that everybody right. basically knows who they are. Yep. Or and it really just goes on the scale, right? So if there is if if there is a guy 
that you know is the dude. Right. The guy behind you is normally a veteran that there's never going to be a competition. He's just there. I'm well, McCown. <laughs> I'm literally Josh McCown. <laughs> then you have the level of, hey, we don't know how much longer this guy is going yeah. to be a dude. So let's get somebody waiting that, in that the might wings, right? waiting in the wings a little bit. That's your Viking situation. Yep, very much so. And then, you know, Kirk goes out. What's, what's up with? He, he was from he. What did he tear his ACL? His, uh, Kirk? No. Oh, I was like Kirk was Achilles. No, Achilles. The he was with he was with the SEC, and he hurt himself. I really liked him. And are you talking I can't about? Remember are you, are you talking about a Vikings quarterback? Yeah, the backup. Uh, oh no, sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. He's in. He's in. I'm, I'm getting my my North teams mixed up. He's in Detroit. Oh, Teddy. No, not Teddy. <laughs> okay. No, he's young, but he's injured. <laughs> oh, our boy Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker. There so you go. Yes, that's a situation with Jared yeah, yeah. Goff. Right. To where it's we like Jared Goff, right. But in case, sure. let's get a younger dude. Right. Aiden O'Connell. A- Aiden O'Connell. Somebody like that. Where Brock is right now, yeah. he doesn't need. If he's your dude, yeah. and every time the Niners open their mouth, they want to tell us that he's their <laughs> dude. That's not a. That is not a situation for Zach Wilson. Yeah. That's a situation for Taylor Heineke. That's I mean, what I would say. You can almost argue that that's where a guy like a McCown almost makes more sense because what does Brock Purdy lack more than anything is yeah. just experience. Like, right. And maybe getting an older guy in there who can tell Brock, like, Look, Brock, we both know like I'm 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 not doing this. Like right. I'm not no there's no illusion here that I'm taking your job. I'm literally only here to help you and I guess that's probably what uh what uh, Nate uh correct me if I'm wrong, Brian Greasy is the Niners uh quarterback's coach yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. um you know, that's probably what he's there for, but like we talk about with the Kings, like it always means more coming internally. So mm-hmm. if, you know, your coach can tell you something but it's never going to stick as much and it's never going to mean as much as one of your peers telling you the same exact thing mm-hmm. and it could be in the same exact way. So I if I'm the Niners, you're right. Like that's exactly where I would look. I would look for Taylor Heineke, I guess is at this point is is a uh, long enough in the tooth to be considered a veteran, but I'm definitely not looking at another young guy who could I don't think Zach Wilson's going to cause any quarterback controversies, but you know, if if Brock does go down and maybe Kyle does figure out how to make Zach Wilson usable. Like I, I just, you, you try to trade Lance to avoid all this. Don't right. reinvite it into the conversation, even if it's going to be a much quieter conversation. Taylor Heineke is still under contract with okay. the Falcons. Okay, which gotcha. that whole th- that might not mean anything, right? Depending on what the Falcons do. We talked yesterday about about Justin Fields and how he was really excited, yes. and he's from. I saw Georgia. that video too. He was. Hype. He jumped he in like the air with his 40-inch vertical <laughs> leap. So who knows what could happen there, but that's somebody that I would bring in. Yeah. Because a lot of these teams, you're not you're to the point now. Jacoby Brissett, maybe. Jacoby Brissett yeah. is perfect. Yeah. You're to the point now where he made it through a season healthy. Brock. The yeah. question was, hey, he's a smaller guy. Right. He he did that, right? So now that he's done that, you're and I know he I know he's not expensive. But all these other situations, you're who? Well, who is the backup there for Aaron? Half the time you didn't even know yeah. because that's how it is with a franchise QB. You don't have to operate with the Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. Could he get injured? Who is Patrick we need Mahomes a backup, backup plan. Right now. You don't. No. No, no, no idea. idea. No, no idea. idea. And that's and that's how it. That's how 
It, it should be. Yeah. So I don't think that they should rock with a Zach Wilson to where if this thing gets squirrely for Brock, Zach Wilson's still a young guy. That's literally why they, they didn't yep. move Trey Lance <laughs> Because he's terrible. They moved Trey Lance because they didn't want to deal with those questions. Yep, exactly. So you're bringing in somebody from the same draft class. <laughs> I didn't even factor that in. Yep. I just picked I ahead of him, right? Picked that picked ahead of him. Yeah. So I don't I don't understand why you would do that. Yeah, and then even in the athletic article it says, uh, you know, the the writer is uh Zach Rosenblatt, uh even kind of gives tier lists of probably going to happen, potential suitors, uh could happen. He has the Niners in the, from what I hear, probably not going to happen tier. Uh, in that tier as well as the Niners, the Broncos, and the Bills. Uh, and in the in the article explaining why he's saying or why he believes that the Niners are in that tier, uh, Zach Rosenblatt puts he struggled to grasp 49er coach Kyle Shanahan's offense when Lafleur was his coach. It won't be any easier with the originator of the offense. So, I mean, mm. that, that that definitely seems to make sense. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, also, I wonder how much of this is Shanahan. I mean, you know, Zach Wilson is is from the Jets. Like, Robert Sala, obviously, is, is has to be some – his best man, right? Kyle Shanahan's best man at his wedding. Mm-hmm. There's got to be some sort of conversations going on there. I know Robert Sala, uh, probably to his own detriment, was incredibly loyal to Zach Wilson, but – you would probably imagine that all the uh, all the dirt, all the tea would be spilled uh, for Kyle to know, too. Yeah, I just – I don't understand it. If that were the case, I don't really know why you ever got rid of Trey Lance. And yep. I don't know where Zach Wilson goes. I saw the Rams as well. The Rams make sense. You have an yes, aging quarterback second, with Matthew Stafford. Let's get, let's get Zach Wilson in here and see what we got. McVay's a genius. We can we can figure this out. That makes sense to me. You need to find all those quarterbacks that you just named. I'd go get Flacco. I, I would literally get somebody like yeah. that. Yeah. Just somebody to where you're essentially telling Brock. Right. Brock already had to deal with the Tom Brady thing during the offseason. Oh my gosh. I forgot. Right. You're that. telling right. Brock, you're our guy. You're the guy. And this we can't wait to pay you next season. Yep. We're just gonna get a, a, a security situation in here just yep. in case something happens, but you are the franchise QB moving forward. When we return, we are continuing the conversation on the Niners. We speak about Mike Silver and his article that he released on the SF Chronicle and who is untouchable if you are a Niners fan. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports.